In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting and Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. Hi everyone, it's the 10th of August, 2014, and you're listening to episode 94 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. I'm Maggie. Ooh, child, things are gonna get easier. Karen. Ooh, child, things will be brighter. Karen. What? What are you doing? It's a dance-off. Come on. Ooh, child, things what? are gonna get easier. What? Karen. <laughs> what? You are ruining my aura of villainy. <laughs> Come on, man. Dance-off. Existence of the galaxy, dancing you versus me. In which case, the universe is screwed. <laughs> I can dance with passion, not with style. <laughs> yes, anyway. Hi, everybody. We're a little bit slap-happy right now. Yeah. And um, I would like to say, <laughs> yay, I survived a holiday with my... <laughs> with 11 people. Yay! All I, of whom were most of, well, most of whom were related to you. Yes, 90%. In some way. Yeah, related to me. We had three generations. Which is the kicker. Oh, Have you ever had that vacation where you just wake up full and you decide, you know what, I really don't want to eat today? <laughs> and then somebody shows up and says, we're going out for brunch. No, no. I'll have coffee. Yeah, no, no more. No more, please, no more. Maybe I can fit some fruit in around the corners, as the hobbits usually say. Filling in the corners. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so moving along. Shall we move into... Adventures in Knitting? So, Adventures in Knitting. Maggie, what have you been knitting? (laughs) I got you first. Yes, I know. (laughs) All right, this is the last baby blanket of the year that I was doing, remember? Mm-hmm. This is for a friend of mine in university. This is the one who wanted the turtle blanket, and I eventually gave in and said, okay, yes, I will make you a baby quilt, but on the conditions that first you're getting a knitted blanket, because it's safer for the baby, and then yeah. you get the quilt when my schedule allows. Yes. Type of thing. And I'm not even starting the quilt until January. So, <laughs> <laughs> so but this is the last baby blanket I am making this year. This is the pine pine forest baby blanket. The gull pattern is taken from the baby uh, jacket or baby sweater that was mm-hmm. designed by Elizabeth Zimmerman. Yep. And you can find this on Ravelry. It's a free download. It's two skeins of, and it's just a, it's acrylic because baby's going to do baby things. Baby's going to do what baby wants to do. Right. So it's got to <laughs> be able to go into, yeah, yeah. it's got to be able to go into the wash and stuff like that. And it's got to take some abuse. So th- this is not the place for your Malabrigo. For anybody who's new to knitting for babies. No. So I am, I believe, two-thirds of the way done. I really, really, really wanted to finish this for today, just to come in and say, eee, done, and I'm done, 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 and more done. But you know what? I didn't. So... (laughs) I was like, yeah, that didn't happen. No, it didn't. (laughs) But this is such a super easy pattern to memorize. I expect... I'm going to say this now, and the universe is going to boink me for it. (laughs) I expect to have this done before next weekend. Okay. So I'm saying that. Now, with that being said, oh, and I did do some spinning since we last talked. Yes, we had a spin day. We did have a spin day. I did not have a good spin day because my wheel had issues. Yeah. But she got remedied when we got home. It involves a set of pliers, some wood glue, and a little bit of patience. And she's all better now. (laughs) A little bit of surgery. She's she's fine. Yeah. (laughs) She's being renamed Frankenstein. But one of the things I did with my family 
was I shanghaied them in between two locations and yeah. took them by the fiber garden to show them uh, yes. this is what I use when I'm doing my spinning because my spinning wheel's right in the middle of my living room. They yeah. can't help but see it. Yeah. And curiously enough, both of my brothers were super curious mm-hmm. about the spinning wheel and wanted to see it happen. And my dad, sitting next to it, just kept looking at it like it was going to talk back to him. <laughs> and occasionally just, you know, put out a finger and just spin the wheel a little bit. And then do it again. And then do it again. I'm like, Dad, you're messing with my yarn. Stop it. Dad, stop it. <laughs> so I took them to the fiber garden in Jordan. I showed them, okay, this is silk. This is bamboo. This is banana. Um, this is the wall of different breeds different of wool. And they're like, really? You can make you can make this stuff out of soy? And I'm like, anything that yes. has a protein strand? Yes, you can. Yeah. You can't just, like, pull it off the thing and start spinning it like you can with wool. It has to be treated with chemicals and extruded. Right. But I did pick up two different things of yarn, of, not yarn, of roving there that I am making for my brother and sister-in-law. They chose them, and it's going to be their Christmas presents eventually. Mm-hmm. When we got home, I actually, I think I sent you and Michelle the pictures. Both of my brothers actually sat down and tried to spin at the wheel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really adorable. The one that really gave it his all was the engineer of the family. But you would expect that um, since I've sort of delegated this. The blanket. The blanket. I should be beginning something that's very important to our podcast. Mm-hmm. It should be in process by now. Yes. And I've been a naughty little hobbit and I need to be spanked. <laughs> oh, you need spankings. Probably by a dwarf. Anyways. <laughs> a hot dwarf? Hot dwarf. So no, Wearing leather? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, no, I have not. Maggie's been a naughty little girl, I have, I have not started The Hobbit along. Something about it is really deterring me from it. I think part of it is the, uh, it's the mental thing. Yeah, your brain is just going, nope. Nope, nope, not ready to deal with it for realsies. Not again. So... I'm telling myself, okay, once the blanket is done, I have to sit down and start it. I may go to the the theater with needles still in the scarf. Yeah, because I was going to say, you're going to need to hardcore it. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm accepting. I am not going to finish this thing before the movie. Though I think there are a couple brave souls who just hopped in to the Nidalog. I am sure that when Thorin and company started, they did not realize how far they had to go in such a short time. (laughs) Durin's day is fast approaching. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay, we're totally referring to the opening night as Durin's, Durin's day, day now, even though it's totally the wrong time of year. I, I'm aware, okay. <laughs> so, once that is done, I have no excuse. I need to start The Hobbit along. I am accepting. I will not finish it for the movie. Mm-hmm. But the whole point of this is to, I'm learning a new technique. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a kick-ass project out of it toward, you know, whenever it gets done. Mm-hmm. And this is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be. <laughs> I am I am having self-revelations with all of this. So what did I do instead of that? Yes. <laughs> it's not knitting related. Sorry. Aw, cute. It's a Christmas ornament. <laughs> a very pretty Christmas ornament. It is a pattern I downloaded. It is a little felt pair that has lots of little embroidery on it. Lots of really nice little embroidery. Yeah, I'm obviously one of my French knots is a little slack and lackluster, but you know what? French knots are the devil, so. So that is a pair, and it has Mm -hmm. the number one next to it. Yes. And I have the matching part to it, which is a partridge. Are you doing. Not the the whole thing. Not the whole thing. No, 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 no. Okay. No. no. I was like, Maggie, do I need to to drug you again? And not with the NyQuil. (laughs) 
<laughs> Stage and intervention. No, um, this is from, it's mcraftsblogspot.com. And I will link that because it's... It's three letter M's by the look of it? Yeah. She also has an Etsy shop. So three M's and crafts. And it's a wee... Well, I guess this is... The ornament itself is like four inches tall. Yeah, three inches. Three to three and a half inches, maybe. So this is the partridge and pear tree, and I thought... I just do the partridge and the pear tree for people that I wasn't sure about what to give them, like... And who also lives super far away. It won't take mm -hmm. a lot to mail and stuff like that. Nice and squishy. So nice, it's nice and squishy. And, and it's fun to make. You could probably get in one of the mailer envelopes that goes through. I think someone, I saw someone refer to it as the slot of doom. <laughs> at the, okay, well, because the post office has that little narrow slot for packages. That's for, true. For puffy Swoosh! envelopes. All the way but down. But it's like, if you, if you don't get it through that slot, it costs like ten times more. Yeah. It's like you're automatically spending more than eight bucks on shipping. Look at that partridge. Oh, that's cute. Isn't that adorable? That is so adorable. That is really pretty. And because I already had felt an embroidery floss from all of the sock monkeys I made in previous years, <laughs> yeah, I already had all of my materials with me, including the filling for it. So yeah, this is what I did instead of <laughs> doing my double knitting. I, I was playing the avoidance game. Mm -hmm. But um, even if I only get as far as finishing bag end, I need to wear that to thing to the... Yeah, <laughs> to the opening night. you can bring it with you. Well, you can work on a row or so when you're before the movie starts, when the lights are still up. You can, and then it'll be sitting in your bag, just soaking up the mojo of the movie. <laughs> I may not see it. The f I may not have a finished scarf the first time I see the movie, but maybe the twentieth time. So, anyways, on to you. <laughs> you might have a finished scarf for when I eventually do a Hobbit marathon at my place. There you go. In the next year when they when all the extended editions are out. Yeah, I was gonna say I did bring my Hobbit along project. Here you go. <laughs> can you not can you not see the way that it drapes nicely? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, speaking of Hobbit along projects, mine is continuing. Karen has been a very good girl. Well, not that good. Um, <laughs> she will get presents from Thor and Santa. <laughs> I broke Karen. Oh my god. I broke Karen. My brain. So, you guys. <laughs> ever heard the song Dick in a Box? Okay. Anyway. Okay. Next. <laughs> but yes. So, I have done... I finished the first two charts, and I'm into chart three of ten. Just a reminder, there are ten charts in this thing. Admittedly, it hasn't been going too bad, and it might... This chart looks like it could be... All right, because basically because I see a lot of white space, mm -hmm. which basically means a lot of places where you're just not really changing colors a lot. So you're just and it's not as and even where you're changing colors, like the big sword and axe there and the ring. It's and chunky. Stuff, it's not. Yeah, delicate. it's not like you know friggin' Rivendell, where it was like all this little two of the background color, one of the contrast color, and two of the background color, and one of the yeah that sort of thing. Or the frackin' party tree. Tell us how you really feel about the party tree. <laughs> Stupid party tree. But yeah, so I am into the third chart. It's actually, I've been able to do a couple rows on the bus. Again, I just sort of have to plan for like, okay, I'm going to, this is a, I am heading downtown from my house that takes half an hour. I can get out the scarf. But yeah, it's looking pretty good so far. There's a few little places with mistakes, but we can't really notice them at this point. So it's going. It's getting there. Good for you. It's getting there. I know. Pet. I know. I'm. I, I have not been doing the number of rows per day that I need to. 
to get it done in time. But it's still far enough out that my brain is still sort of like, yeah, you need to work on this, but it hasn't gotten into panic mode yet. Okay. When do you hit panic mode? Probably about 60 days before. Okay. Because I keep... I also have, I wrote down in my planner, every single day, I have written down the number of days from that date until... The opening. The opening. And then, so I do that, I subtract the number of rows that I've done from the total number of rows in the pattern. Mm -hmm. I divide the number of rows by the number of days, and that gives me how many rows per day I need to do. So I keep watching that ratio. And it starts creeping up a little bit, but I'm still far enough out that it's like, oh, to yesterday it was 4.3 rows per day. Now it's 4.6 rows per day. Meh. I'm assuming when I get to around 60 days, it's going to be like, start going up drastically if I slack off. Now, and I should mention again, we're doing this as the There and Back Again story scarf from frivolitehandcrafts. Dot wordpress.com. They've also done a very nice Doctor Who scarf. Yes, which but I will eventually do at some point in five years when I feel like doing this yes, again. Yes, be warned that it is, <laughs> it is also knit in lace weight and double knitting. Yeah, and I'm using Forest Hills by Cascade in their darker green and black colorway. I can't remember the exact color name of the green. But I also need to be very careful about keeping doing that at an appropriate pace because I am planning on taking a little trip in October. Planning? Planning nothing. You are taking a trip in October. (laughs) Well, I still need to get the tickets. But the group of people I will be staying with Mm -hmm. has confirmed our place to stay for Rhinebeck in October. Karen's first time in Rhinebeck. If anybody, so fi- anybody finds her, pounce her. Yeah, feel free. Hi, whoop. But yes, I'm traveling. I'm go- what I'm doing is I'm meeting up with a few people that are coming up from uh, Brooklyn. Hi, Re- hi, Lexi. Hi, Marsha, if you're listening. Hi, anybody else in the group, if you're listening. I haven't found all of you on Ravelry yet. But this requires... But yeah, so I'm bunking with them. Uh-huh. They're, so they're coming up from Brooklyn and New York. I'm going down from Buffalo uh-huh. on the train, and we'll meet up with them at some point. Okay. Still working that out. <laughs> That's why I haven't bought the tickets yet. But this means that somebody is going to be making a Rhinebeck sweater. sweater. And of course, for my Rhinebeck sweater, I had to pick something that is freaking amazing, but eh, a little bit, car- a little bit, you know, complicated, which I need to really work on. So I have decided to do the Saddleback Cardigan by Jennifer Hagen from the Fall 2014 Interweave Knits. Look at the pretty. Mm, it is pretty. Isn't it gorgeous? I saw this. I had been sort of looking at the the, the sweaters I'd queued mm-hmm. over the years and sort of thinking like, oh, which do I want to do for my Rhinebeck sweater? Like, I had this mental image of what I wanted in my head. It had to be cable mm-hmm. because and That's it had to be a cardigan. Because in my head, I have this, you know, the mental image of the, you know, the, the nice, cozy, cabled cardigan strolling down you know, a lane with, like, red and gold leaves and crisp October air and, you know, I'm miraculously 40 pounds lighter and, <laughs> you know, that sort of daydreaming that we do. But what are you talking about? In reality, I know I'm at least a foot taller. Yeah. But so I've been looking at patterns and there was a few that I kind of wanted to do, but, you know, something hadn't just, it just hadn't quite jumped out at me. And then the preview for the new Interweave Knits went up, and I saw the sweater. I'm like, bam! That's what I want to do. But yeah, oh, this is so gorgeous. And so yeah, I am definitely doing this one. There are... There's not a lot of cables. Not in the sense of... Not, say, compared to, like, 
the capelet I did for the first Hobbit That movie. is true. The Lothlorien capelet. capelet. Yeah. That was madness. Yeah. This is, you know, madness that can be medicated. Yes, it can. <laughs> the The only part of it, and it, and what's the weight of it? What's the weight of the yarn? It's worsted weight yarn. Score. Yeah. I was not going to do... That was one of my rules when I was picking, when I was looking for sweaters. I'm like, okay, it has to be like a worsted weight sweater. Because there's no way in hell I'm trying to do like a sport weight sweater right. for Rhinebeck. I'm not that crazy. Not yet. Much. Not yet. Um, much. But talk to me next year when we don't have a Hobbit movie to knit for. That's going to be kind of sad, but also kind of liberating. But yeah, it's really gorgeous. It's actually really cool construction, too. Because basically, if you look at the back, there's a, a cable that goes sort of from shoulder to shoulder across the top of the back. And you actually knit that first. You pick up stitches at the top of that for the shoulder and knit down. Pick up stitches, well, pick up stitches on one side, really, because the side is going to be the shoulder. And then pick up stitches along the other side and knit down to get the back until you get to the bottom of the armholes. Where you join, join and do them the rest of the way. Then you pick up stitches for the armhole and do short rows to shape the sleeve cap and down the arms, which is something I've really wanted to try doing for quite a while because so I fucking hate seaming. It, I was going to say, it's essentially seamless. <laughs> yeah. You, you are picking up stitches the entire time. Yeah. There is nothing to piece together or block separately. It's all nope. And I like the, and another really nice thing is that it closes at the front with it looks like with little toggle buttons, mm-hmm. which look like, if, if I remember from the, the pattern correctly, you actually just do like little crochet loops and then slip the toggle through the loop instead of having to do buttonholes. Okay. Which is another big plus. But yeah, and it's basically got like one main, so it's got the cable thing that goes from shoulder to shoulder. There's one main cable panel down the back, two smaller main cable panels down each of the fronts, and then... In between those main cable patterns is like a rib and cable pattern, but it's just sort of rib, standard 4x4 four four, four stitch cable, rib, rib, 4, four stitch cable, right. etc. But that definitely looks like the essence of autumn. And Yes. And the sleeve is very plain. It's just got one cable going down the center of the, the outside center of the sleeve. The rest is stuck in it. But yeah, it looks so cozy and warm. And lovely. And another reason I wanted to do it in worsted weight yarn is because I have a sweater's worth of worsted weight yarn. That's right. That I've had for a while in which I was like, okay, I need to make a, my next sweater. I need to, to start a sweater sometime soon. And I need to do it in some of this yarn I've had for a while. Not stuff that I've gotten more recently. You have, um, is it two or three different colors of worsted weights for sweaters? Um, One is a pink, I think. One, two, three. I'm only remembering three at the moment. One is a pink. One is one a is a pink that, One is a well, no. One is a pink that I'm going to over dye. Okay. Because it's sort of a light pink, and I'm like, but I got it specifically with the idea that I would over dye it. Okay. Um, because it was on sale. <laughs> it was at the tent sale, the um, needle mm-hmm. brooms tent sale a couple of years ago. And then I have the one that I'm using for this is uh, Valley Yarns Northampton. Okay. In the denim heather color colorway. Right. I also have Northampton in the, I think it's the twilight heather colorway, which is sort of purpley. Um, but I was going to save that for a work, for a cardigan that was a bit more work appropriate. Okay. This one's a bit more like rustic, cozy, Question, casual. didn't you also have yarn that nitpick sent to you by Miss... Was it Webs. Name? Webs, sorry. I do. That is a sport weight. So I have two sets of sport weight sweater weight yarn. I also have some DK weight sweater weight yarn. Okay. Yeah. 
I got a fair bit. I have a smaller amount of DK sweater weight yarn, which, well, not so much sweater for me, but more like bolero, which I got from Glenna because she was destashing. <laughs> it was like, I got 14 skeins of this. I'm like, sure, I will find something to do with it. <laughs> you but yeah. Me, so. Give me your pour and your huddle masses of stash. Yeah. And so some of you may have heard the date at the beginning of the, sh- at the, beginning of the program. Yes. And was like, but wait, Karen, I didn't get my a copy of Interweave Knits until the end of August. What do you mean you said you looked at the pattern? Um, I bought the digital version because it's available immediately. <laughs> I didn't want to wait until August 19th to get the, the print version. I'm like, I need to start this now. Yeah, because you are in the... Um... You are in my Hobbit boat, actually. You're in my Hobbit yeah. long boat. Also, my mine is not showing up yet because I don't have pictures, but mine was the first one to actually... Mine was the first project to actually go up on the, the Sweaters Project page. I was like, I'm buying this now. I need to do this now. But yes, I need to get working in on that. Yes, you do. Because Rhinebeck is like uh, two months away. Yes, it is. <laughs> and that's and all now, I'm saying. And now, of course, that my brain is like, oh, yes, I've got these two major projects, both with deadlines that aren't that far away. I really want to cast on everything. everything. Yes. I'm like, I'm looking through pictures of, like, fingering weight shawls. Oh, maybe I should do something with this yarn that I have. It's like, no, you're not allowed. Yes, I'm going through, I've been going through my Christmas list this morning and going, all right, everybody who knows I knit, I've already knit for you before. You are not getting knitting this Christmas. I am fine. I am sorry. I'm buying you something. Yes. Do it, Maggie. Because I have other things that need to happen. So, yeah. I And then, like, these two... I mean, the one drawback to doing the Saddleback cardigan is that it is done mostly seamlessly, which means it is going to be in a big piece, mm-hmm. really. Once I get... You know, once you do the one piece of the back that goes from shoulder to shoulder, it's like, okay, that's a strip. That I can easily take with me. When you start picking up stitches and adding more pieces and stuff like that, then it starts get getting a little bit more yeah. awkward to lug around. It, it's not something that you knit on the bus on the way home. Yeah, no, not really. It Like, maybe occasionally, but... And even the sleeves, like, if they're, you know, picked up around the shoulders, they're attached to the body of the sweater. So you will be carrying around an extra beach bag. Yeah, I'll be carrying around a tote bag with this thing. Like, I'll, when I'm going to knit night, I'm going to be bringing a tote bag with just the sweater in it to work to take with me to knit night. But then again, you know, depending on how the, shawl, uh, how the scarf is going, I could probably do that a bit on the bus. I will tell myself that so I don't cast on something else, even if I, I'm desperate to cast on uh... So much for the summer of stashing down for me. I've had too many big projects. Well, you've been good in that. And too had... much stuff, too much time taken up with work and college course and... But you didn't buy more yarn, did you? How much yarn did you buy? Okay. This is special. This is special circumstances. Oh, dear. <laughs> I was trying to give you a way out there. I did buy some yarn. I might buy another skein. But that's because Madeline Tosh is discontinuing... The Tosh lace base. So one, like I think there's a fair, a number of outlets like Webs and uh, Eat Sleep Knit has said they're going to get one more shipment, and then after that, it will You're no done. longer be available. All right. So one of the things that I have had on my little list of like, oh, I would really like to have this for like ages now, like literally a couple years, and that doesn't mean I still don't want it. <laughs> it just means that. You know, hard to, especially when it, because it's, it's something I would have to order from a specific store and it's just sort of easier to be like, well, I'll just get something from. It is a special colorway that Madeline Tosh died for, or dies for, they're still doing it for the other bases, 
um, for a store called The Yarn Company in New York. Okay. Like New York City. Called Midnight in Manhattan. It is. The pictures don't even do it justice. Like, I have received the yarn and it is like this amalgam of dark blues that is just so gorgeous. Is it emo TARDIS? (laughs) Probably, yes. I took you by surprise there. Yes. I think it is. And yeah, so I had been lusting after it for a while, so I finally pulled the trigger on that and got two skeins of it. Okay, so are those the only two skeins that you've bought this summer? Um, other than, like, a couple skeins of something I didn't already have in my stash for, like, donation knitting, which I already mentioned on the podcast. Yep, that doesn't count. Back at, like, the beginning of July. Yeah, that doesn't count. Like, literally, like, July 2nd. I haven't bought anything else. So it hasn't been a total loss. You've been very good. Yeah, I've been good about not buying yarn. I just haven't been able to stash down... Well, you know, I have stashed down a little bit because I have sold some of my yarn through de-stashing on Ravelry and stuff. Which, by the way, guys, there's stuff... There's a bunch of stuff still in my for sale or trade section. Feel free to check it out. I'm probably going to put some books up that I'm getting rid of. I will ship internationally. Just, you know, let me know. (laughs) Take a look. Please take it off my hands. I'll rub it on myself if you want. I don't know. Oh, yay. (laughs) Not those bits, but... I promise there's not that much cat hair on it. So is that it for Adventures for Knitting for you? Yes, I believe so. Other than just the note that I've been doing a lot. Well, I'm basically just spinning on the spin day and I just haven't had time. The rest, especially in July, because like July is just like, oh my god. Can't wait for school to start again? No, because I just finished a course. Oh, it was well, a course. I can't wait. For, I can't wait for the kids to start school again. Yeah, that's kind of what I meant. Yeah. Of course, that means I'm going to be taking more courses again. I just finished one, like, a couple weeks ago after being, like, well, as I said in the last podcast, being like, fuck it, I don't care. But it's done, and it's been sort of, so since then, it's like, great, so what are the 80 things that I have not done because I've been doing that, and now I have to catch up? As you will notice by how late the other podcast, the, pre- the podcast previous to this one came out. Yeah, well, you know what? Life's a bitch. It and happens. You keep, and you keep going. But yes. Oh, there is one other little piece of knitting I did, but that sort of segues into Geek Squee. Oh, is it? Because... We went to see Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, we did! Some of us more than once. As if you couldn't uh, tell from the intro. So yes, I have done more knitting on my movie socks. I am now on the leg of the... I have finished the first part of the leg of the second sock. I do have movie knitting of my own, and it is a scarf of some DK weight yarn, and it's just a simple checkered pattern of five block... a block of five knits, five pearls, five knits. And... You know, it was okay, and I have no real deadline for that. Mm -hmm. It's just that, you know, I never really cast on socks just for the heck of it. Because they always seem to fit somebody other than me. Yeah, strangely enough. But yes, so moving into Geek Squee, as I said, we saw Guardians of the Galaxy! And it was absolutely fantastically epic. Yes, and of course, as I, you know, as we usually do, we will give non-spoilery thoughts, then we will give spoilery thoughts. So non-spoilery thoughts? Soundtrack is fabulous, hi! Oh god, yes. I love the use of both source music, and I really love the score, too. It is a feel-good back to the 80s and 70s. Yeah. If you were alive during that... you were even hooked on a feeling. If you were alive and conscious of your own self, it, it is a throwback to your childhood type of thing. Yes. Or your teenage years or your young adult years, you know, depending on how old you are. But I remember looking over to my husband in the middle of the movie going, so, is this bringing old stuff back to you? And he goes, oh, yeah. Because... <laughs> Everything. There's there's 80s slang. There's 80s paraphen- references. References, paraphernalia, visuals, music, everything. Late 70s, eight, early 80s. It's fab. 
fabulous. <laughs> Pratt does a very good job. Yes, Chris Pratt is does a very good job and looks mighty fine, might I add. He did work out very hard for this role. Yes. But he's Zoe said, Saldana, also amazing. Yes. Very good. And Karen Gillan, hello, Amy Pond, evil Amy Pond. <laughs> you can't really see it. It's like visual can you see it? A bit, yeah. A bit? Okay. Like, just in the shape of the face and the features. I mean, it doesn't help that she's bald. Yeah. Or <laughs> and blue. blue. Yeah. And her eyes are just black orbs. Yeah. But... <laughs> you can kind of hear it in the voice, too. There's a couple parts. There's, like, one or two parts where I could kind of hear the Scottish accent kind of filtering it. Just a just a tweege of it. Just the, just the cadence of it underneath what was... Generally an American accent. I do like that there were lots of... Glenn Close played a woman in charge of Yeah. Nova. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Dude, they got Glenn Close for this movie. Seriously, Marvel has got, like, some major, major actors. Like, Academy Award winning actors. Like, in the last few movies. Benicio Del Toro. Yep. Very good. You saw him at the end of, what was it, Thor 2? So he's no surprise as the collector, if you've seen Thor 2. Yeah. But uh, we see more of him in this movie, and he does a very good fangirl. <laughs> we, and we get to see more of his collection. And in that collection, you get to see little bits and pieces of other parts of the Marvel Universe. Yeah, which we'll discuss later. We'll discuss later. And spoilers. Just keep your eyes on that scene, because it is like a collection of Easter eggs yeah. just in that scene. And the movie, it's like, it's so wonderful. Like, I think we were discussing, I went with Michelle and her son, and on the way home, we were, just, we were saying it's sort of like a combination of like little bits of like Indiana Jones and mm -hmm. Star Wars. Yeah. Sort of mixed together. It's got humor, it's got, you know, adventure and action and stuff, but it's also like, there are par there were parts where like, even the second time I was crying when I saw it. Yeah. yeah you, um, you will want the Kleenex. Not spoiler. I will warn you, the first, first ten, the first yeah. five minutes are up there with the first ten minutes of up. Yes. Non-spoilery <laughs> and whatever, but you know... Just be prepared. If you cannot deal with the feels, go late. Yeah. Or or go and just, you know, plug your ears and just hum to yourself or something like that. Mm -hmm. But be warned. There will be waterworks. Yeah. There were feels. And, and, Lots of feels. And I'm in the movie with my husband and my son because we sort of talked about it. We made the decision, okay, he, he, he'll be able to deal with this. And throughout the first five, seven minutes of the movie, I'm like... Oh my god, I want to pick up my baby. Oh my god, I want to hold him. Oh my god, the world is such a horrid place. Oh my god. Yes, I just called my seven-year-old my baby. He will always be my baby. <laughs> yes, they're Anyways, always your baby. Anyways, special effects. Mm, yes. They're amazing. Rocket and Groot. Yeah, like like Rocket, you, you totally forget that he is entirely computer-generated. Because unlike Jar Jar Binks, people are yeah. actually directing the eyes in the proper direction. You, yes. You get... You feel... <laughs> well, like, also, also, he's not fucking annoying like Char Char Binks. Oh, I, I feel for Rocket, okay? Yeah. I, I understand yeah. how Rocket feels. And again, we will... and Oh, and we'll mention again, but Rocket also has... Rocket gets one of those, like, Bruce Banner lines. Where it's like, <laughs> all the air gets sucked into the theater. We'll, we'll mention it in, in spoilers. Spoilers. Stuff. But, like... Um, but there is... Like, he... There's he, such a... There's that great balance of humor and seriousness and heart and action and just love so much and it's it's not everybody being heroic for the sake of being, being heroic it no. is like holy crap can we just most of these people are a-holes yes they are they are a-holes they they are 
I mean, let's face it, the assassin is the most moral out of all... No, yes. no, Groot, Groot. Yeah. Well, Groot merely split somebody's skull in half with his fingers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. that tells you how moral the, the group as a whole is. <laughs> yeah. If you smush them all together, you might get one moral whole entire yeah. moral conscience. Well, and it's them. and it's not just like in there they have a flexible sense of morals and stuff like that and are willing to do stuff that's against the law. But they all the thing is they all have a line. Yep. And that line's in the same place. Yes. Basically. Yes. Where they're all like, you know, the the thing is like deep down they are they are they are a moral group and they're like they just don't want to be advertised as such. Yeah. And they deep down they all have their their limit of what they're willing to do, and their their place where they will stand up, even though it you know they know that they're putting themselves in personal. Like, Remember to stay to the end. Yes. Remember. It's not like okay if you super super bad have to pee, go. It's not important. Yeah. I will go, tell you. Well, yeah. we'll tell you now. You don't get any little hints of future movies. In yes, the and you know it'll be on. Scenes. You'll know it'll be on the internet. Yeah. Sooner or later. So, but. It's still really cute. <laughs> it's still a cute little thing. So yeah, if you really need to pee, or if you're with like total muggles and they refuse to stay, don't worry about it too much. Just you know, go back some other time without them. Okay. So okay. So we get. Shall we get into spoilery? Yes, yeah, spoilery zones. Oh, and just oh, and just before we get into spoilery, I should say a lot of people. I've seen a lot of people saying like, "Oh, this is even better than Cap Two and all this other stuff," or like trying to rank it amongst like ranking the the Marvel movies and stuff. To me, I'm not sure I would say it's better than Cap 2, but then I'm not sure, like, I can't really rank it because this one is, it's very different. Like, for me, it's it's trying to compare two very different movies. Like, Cap 2 had a lot more of, like, political stuff to say, and it yes. was more serious. Yes. And stuff, this is just more fun. So to me, it, like, you can't compare the two. Right. To me. Like, they're doing very different things, which is one of the things I love about Marvel movies. It's almost completely different genres. Yeah. It's what I, like I said, which is one of the things I love about the Marvel movies is we're getting movies that are, they're not just superhero movies. They are these other genre of movies with super, but with superheroes. So like, we're getting a political thriller, but with superheroes. You know, we're getting a historical war movie, but with superheroes. We're getting, Space action fantasy. Okay, so now spoilers. Yes, spoilers. Okay. Baby Groot! Oh my god, dancing baby Groot! Marvel seriously merchandising solar-powered little dancing baby Groot in a pot. Make it happen! Yeah, so far they have not announced plans or not released that they are planning to do this, and seriously, what the hell are you guys thinking? Like... Everybody who walked out that theater wanted one of those little, no those, kidding. you know, those little dancing flowers, solar dancing flowers that you put on your car dashboard, like that I would never buy because it's like, meh, it's just another thing. If they did Groot like that, I would buy that in a heartbeat. Ditto. Please and, take my money. And every geek on my Christmas list that had seen the movie would get one mm-hmm. in their stocking. I would put it, I would turn it on, I would put on music, and I would start dancing with little dancing baby Groot. It's so cute. It's fantastic. And oh my god, did like how choked up Rocket was picking up all the sticks. <sighs> that whole bit, like from oh my god, when the, the the ship is crashing and Groot just wraps them all in basically a big tree hug by wrapping this giant root ball around yes. them to protect them and makes the little the little fireflies inside. And oh my god, when he says we are Groot. Oh my god, yesterday, I swear, there were actual tears coming down my cheeks. Like, not just tearing, not just welling up, like, tears coming down my cheeks. I'm there. I admit it. I'm there. I was just, oh my god, I can't deal with this anymore. And I'm just sitting here, you know, just 
very, 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 you know, nonchalantly just wiping my face over and over yeah. and over again. Saying, I'm just like, please, oh, please don't let my okay, son see okay. me. Yep. It's yep. dark in I'm here. Good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yep. <laughs> He's like three words and it just tears the whole universe apart right there. And then when Rocket is just sobbing. And Dax comes and directs him over and he starts petting his head. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm having feelings. Cannot so, cope with the parts of that so, movie. So that moment where Baby Groot opens his eyes and stretches and yawns, and I'm like, "Oh, sweet Yay! Jesus, the world is saved. I can, I can live again. <laughs> Groot is okay. Groot is okay. It'll take forever for him and to grow." And he's even more adorable. Feed that thing fertilizer, please. Don't let anything happen to it. <laughs> Little dancing baby Groot. Oh my God. Okay. 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 Feels. Feels. Oh my Epic God. Feels. The the combination of Rocket and Groot is so perfect because on the one side. I feel for Rocket, okay, yeah. on a daily basis, and I'm sure you do too, dealing yeah. with patrons and everything like that, and all Rocket can say is, idiots, they're all idiots, I cannot <laughs> deal with these people, and I'm like, dude, I hear you, day to day, I hear you, you, you know, right there with you, <laughs> but, <laughs> and but he's also a little shit, <laughs> he, oh, he's a total little shit, so, we're gonna need that guy's leg, <laughs> oh my god, here's the leg, oh, well, no, actually, oh I didn't need that part, what? I thought it was just funny. Was he hopping around like, Rocket, you little shit. You are a horrible little thing, which kind of fits with a raccoon. Yes. Raccoons are nasty little buggers. Which also is really humorous when, you know, I saw Tumblr art where Rocket and the Winter Soldier are looking at each other, oh staring God, each yes. other down, and then all of a sudden Rocket says, yeah, I'm going to need his arm. And the Winter Soldier's just like, Burr? and I, oh, Rocket, you little shit. Yeah. And then you see Groot, who is the absolute zen opposite. Yes. I mean, yes, he he can be super angry, angsty, as the the prison scene shows. Yeah, he is powerful. He can be angry, but he is so zen and the gentle giant. And I'm like, oh God, I love you, Ruth. Like I when love he, you. like when they're storming the ship, and he like spears like six guys, and then uses them all on his yes! branch to go whack, whack, whack. And he's like roaring and obviously angry. And then when he's done, he just turns over to turns back to to uh, <laughs> yeah, back to the other scene. He's like smile, <laughs> like a dog who's like I did something right, right? You kind of want to pet him, you know, except that he's twenty feet up. Yeah, you kind of want to pet him and say, "Good boy." <laughs> Only you know you're slightly terrified of him at the same time. Yeah. Oh, and the guy that in the prison when they first get there. And he grabs the guy by the nostrils. nostrils. That's Nathan Fillion. That's Nathan Fillion's yeah. cameo, yes. Yeah. I recognize that. I knew he had said something about how he was like under makeup and they were going to do CG and stuff on him anyway. So, but yeah, and they pitched his voice slightly differently. But as soon as I heard the voice, I'm like, yeah, that's Nathan Fillion. <laughs> like, yep, there he is. Oh, oh, oh he my gives God. the little girl the flower the that flower he got from it. Oh, oh my God, I, I love him so much. I keep. So basically, our review of Guardians of the Galaxy is like, oh my God, we love Groot. Yes, we do. <laughs> Um, and I keep trying to persuade the Elfling to be Groot, baby Groot for Halloween. Um, you know, sort of like suspend a sort of like a little pot, plant pot, plant yep. pot around him, put bark all over him, and put his hair out in twigs and stuff like yeah. that. And I can maybe even finagle something with Christmas lights to do the fireflies and stuff like that. Yes. But no, he's all Star Lord. So, anyways. Oh well. <laughs> oh well. Maybe I can make a Groot to put out on my patio or something. Um, the other bit I kind of had feelings about. Well, other than the beginning. With Star Lord's mom, I cannot oh, deal. I oh, cannot God. deal. Could not deal. I'm just like <laughs> was like. I thought it was really neat when when Ronan's ship is about to attack the city. I found it neat that when the the no the 
defense, the mechanism that the Nova Corps use with their ships. Yes, that was awesome. It's basically, is not like just firing on it. They create a gigantic net. net. They link all their ships together and form sort of like a fish net force yes. field that, and you can see it's flexing and bowing, and, and it really enhances the idea of everybody working together, together for yeah. that whole protection thing. Yeah, and it is like a chain, a human chain, yes, blocking him from getting into the city. I love that. Yes, absolutely I loved that love that so much. I'm like, yes, working together and co cooperation and. All that stuff. And I noticed a, f- a few people, including the people in Pop Culture Happy Hour, were saying one of the things they really loved about the movie is that the First Order, when they find out that they're going to, like Glenn Close gives, when they find out that they're going to be attacked, is evacuate the, the city. city. And then that, you know, later she says, the city has been evacuated, at which point one of the guys from PCHH was like, sure, drop that thing on the city. There's nobody there. Destruction. Woo! Because <laughs> they've had complaints about, like, other superhero movies, especially like Man of Steel, where, you know, they seem to, like, you have the two, the superheroes fighting and they don't seem to care yeah. about that there are other people here. They're just smashing stuff up and they're like, yeah, there's people in those apartment buildings. There's a lot of semblance of realism. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of people would, like you say, in the other superhero movies, well, you know, that wouldn't happen. Somebody's got to go to the bathroom sometime or, you know, somebody's got to lose it sometime. And they, yeah. They've all just... They're not perfect, and this movie really drives home, mm-hmm. no, hell no, none of them are perfect. Oh, yeah, and, and one of the things I really loved, too, was with Drax, yes. with his motivation of, like, he can Ronan killed my family, I want to kill him, get my revenge. Like, that is, like, standard action movie tropes, like, character motivation. Yeah. But what I really liked is that the movie sort of showed... It doesn't work! That, that, that's not a good idea. That doesn't work. Just because you are super, super angry and super, super emotional does not mean you have the capability of taking down somebody who is more powerful, stronger, and on top of everything, calmer than you. Yeah, yeah. and if you're that, if you're still that angry and stuff, you're going to screw up and he screws up big time. He screws up enough to... Because he, he's so angry and stuff, he's like, screw blind. this, I'm calling Ronan and telling him, calling him out and telling him to get his ass over here so I can beat it. And he's blind and it's like, to everything. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, and you so you just brought the bad guy to where they have the thing that they're trying to keep away from the bad guy. The MacGuffin. And destroy everything. Yes, the infinite, one of the infinity gems. There is uh, speculation that the mind gem is inside Loki's sh- scepter. Yeah, inside the, st- the scepter. And that the, I forget what someone else pinpointed it as being, but they have said that like the Tesseract is one of the other ones. Yes. So we've seen... Possibly seen, and this was the power gem, I think, the purple one. So we've seen, like, three out of the six. And isn't the, gaunt- isn't the gauntlet in Odin's vault? Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's one of the Easter eggs in Thor. Right. When they're going through the vault, the treasure vault. But yeah, oh my god, I just love this. I love this so much. There are a few things where I was like, yeah, I remember that article that people pointed out when they said James Gunn was doing um, the movies, and it was he did this article of, like, the 50 best or 50 worst superhero things or something like that. And there was some pretty sexist crap in it. And people were like, how dare he be the one making Guardians of the Galaxy and that sort of thing. And there was a few things in it like, yeah, Gun, I don't, I, I know you said that, oh, you know, it was, I was you know, trying to joke, but it was in bad taste and my opinions have changed or something like that. I'm like, yeah, I don't think they've changed that much. There's a few bits where it's like, mm, I call bullshit on this, James Gunn. 
Like, there was that one bit where, like, even, like, late in the movie where Drax basically calls Gamora a whore. Oh, yeah. It's like, um, okay, wait a minute. Even if his people weren't extremely literal. Literal. That's still kind of, like, that's, a stretch. That's, yeah. And it's still, like, like out of nowhere, kind of. And his, and we they've already established his people are extremely literal. So he's not speaking figuratively. He's not speaking figuratively. So, like, why would he call her Where's that? Where's the judgment yeah. coming from? Yeah. I'm not sure where that's coming. And there's a few other things. Like, the bit where, like, you know, after the beginning scene with Star-Lord, which, oh my god, when he's walking through that place, I can't show you, he's not the greatest human being, even though these little things were, like, obviously trying oh, to eat his yeah. face. When he grabs one of the little rat monsters and is, like, using it there's as a, a microphone. microphone. And I'm like, oh. Admittedly, they were going to, like, eat his face. Yeah, but PETA, PETA was going to yeah. get their hands on that. Well, as it said at the end of the trailer, no raccoons or tree beings were harmed during the making of this movie. <laughs> That's literally in the credits. Yes, um, I know. But it doesn't say anything about the little rat monsters. Yeah. But when he's, like, when he gets back in and there's this girl on the ship and she's like, he's like, oh, I forgot you were here. here. It's been like, ugh. Oh, I think that accentu- accentuates his... It you know, does. His, it's um, just sort of, ugh. Yeah, it, it is, but it's sort of like... It does show us that, okay, he is... An asshole. He is he is the asshole version of Captain Kirk. Yeah. Though, and I'm trying to think of other things to mention. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Easter eggs, we mentioned the Collector. Oh, my God. <laughs> All the things in the Collector. In the Collection, yes. I noticed something. He has he has one of the Dark Elves from Thor 2. He also has... He has one of the Chitauri. Yes. I noticed that on my second viewing. He has um, the astronaut dog and... Like a, right. I think in the credits, the dog is actually named the co- the character of the dog is named okay. Co- Cosmo the a- yes. the you know astronaut dog. But that, I just didn't think like the actual dog. The that dog yeah goes on to become a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy later on. Oh my in, god! In, in the uh, in the Marvel not cinematic universe obviously yet, but in the Marvel universe. Yeah, the it, comic books. Six one six. It has or one of the others. It is. It has intelligent thought and speech mm-hmm. and. Goes on to become a guardian, he, which is great that he's now been released. Yeah, though he well he did cut well he did leave at the end of that little, the end of the well, the he, end credits comes back licks the collector's face a few times and then runs off again. Yeah, and um, yes, there is a Howard the Duck cameo. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> All right, people, don't try and read anything else into it. It's just a Howard the Duck cameo. That's voiced all by it. Seth Green too. Oh god, that's hilarious. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that the first time I saw it. I just. I read, he tweeted about it afterwards. And because his collection is, has blown up, and the collector is just sitting there with this huge, I would call it a pina colada or something that has an umbrella, yeah. you know, drink, and he's just slurping from it going, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. Oh. Yeah, I kind of, when that movie comes out on DVD, or on Blu-ray specifically, I kind of want to go through that entire scene, like, freeze frame, just so I can see, like, everything in those little cases. <laughs> and the giant... If you remember in, in the after credits in Thor 2, mm-hmm. where they were talking behind the Asgardians was that big slug-like thing, mm-hmm. which is actually a cocoon. Mm-hmm. And there is a new Mar- there is a Marvel character that was inside the cocoon that is now released. Ooh. Can't remember it off the top of my head because, you know, brain was filled with too much Groot. Yeah. Groot! Baby dancing Groot! Groot is basically the story of... Moses? Mo- Moses. Yeah. Um, is basically the story of Moses. He is raised as a prince on his home world, mm-hmm. and because he refused to belittle 
the mammalian creatures that ma- that are maintenance that maintain mm-hmm. the world. He was seen as he was looked down upon. Yeah, he is in exile because of killing one of his fellow species to defend one of the mammalian mm-hmm. underlings type of thing. So it's it's a very Moses kind of story. Mm-hmm. He's in exile. He's a badass. And what else was I going to mention? Oh yeah. Couple of things that kind of link to, uh, or that, well, one that links to Agents of Shield, one that makes me think of Agents of Shield, and specifically the fandom. Of course, in this movie, we got to see Ronan, yes, who is one of the Kree, yes, and he's blue, which is one of the races that people have speculated the blue thing in the tube was in in Agents of Shield in Tahiti. Yes, in Tahiti. So now, did Marvel ever officially respond to any of those? No, they haven't said. Well, because I'm I'm assuming that's something they're going to keep exploring in the yeah. show. Okay. And so they have not confirmed that yet. They have not said anything about that yet. Um, I think people have asked at cons and stuff like that, and the cast have just been like, "We don't know. They don't tell us shit." <laughs> um, but yeah, it kind of makes sense if there was, you know, blue thing in a tube, blue thing on blue people on Guardians of the Galaxy, maybe. Pre-invasion happening. Anyways. And I was sort of, when when Lee Paces, when Ronan was coming out of the goop and was all naked and stuff, I was kind of looking and trying to see if, like, okay, is the build maybe the same build as the torso of the thing? I was going to say, how can you judge from the build? One half of it is humanoid looking, the other half of it looks jellyfish. Well... It looks more I'm like just... it got... It, it didn't look like jellyfish. It, it looked like it got bisected around the mid-region. And its central nervous system so I'm is looking going on at, that way. Yes, so I'm looking at the torso and okay. head and face. To make sure that it doesn't have of, extra arms or something like yeah, that? Yeah, or does it doesn't have like little spike spines on its head or something, you know. Or that its face isn't, you know, is generally sort of... Similar humanoidish to Lee Pace's character. So I think, uh, in average, what we're summing up to say is that Guardians of the Galaxy, two thumbs up. Yes. Yes. Definitely enjoyed. Of course. And, and of course, you know, going out of the theater, my seven-year-old saying, "I'm Star Lord. Who are you?" I'm like, "I'm Groot." Which <laughs> Daddy says he's going to be Rocket, and I'm like, "Well, damn! I better grow, or you better shrink." <laughs> Which is really the reverse from real life. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but the, let's face it, Daddy is the. Uh, Engineer. He's the tinker. Yes. Oh, yeah, and as, so spoilers over at this point. Um, just as a note, we also got trailers in front of the movie, and one of which was the Hobbit trailer, oh my god. <laughs> I, I might have flailed. Like, I'd already seen it, because I was watching stuff. I saw it when they put it on the internet after Comic-Con. But, like, seeing it on the big screen, I was still like, oh my god! Though I love on uh, Tumblr, people have been sending around this image someone did of the logo for the Hobbit movies. Right. Where instead of having the subtitle, like Unexpected Journey or Battle of Five, Ar- Five Armies, someone just put Thorin No, which they said is basically the title <laughs> for the entire se- basically the title for the entire series. Oh my god. The Hobbit Thorin No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I yeah. haven't seen that. Oh. Uh, yeah. We also saw the trailer for Into the Woods. We didn't. Really? Which is weird, because you went the same night. Oh, did you go to the... Different theater. You went to Niagara Falls. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we did not get the one for Enter the Woods. Yeah, I... Did. We got Annie, though, which I didn't see yesterday. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that one was coming back out. Yes. Really? Yeah, it's starring uh, Covenjene Wallace, who was in uh, Beast of the Southern Wild. She's, like, the youngest person to have been nominated for an Oscar. And... Oh, crap, I can see his face, but I can't remember his name. Okay, don't worry about it. That's Eddie Warbucks. 
but it's um, kind of awesome because Daddy Warbucks and Annie are both black representation. Woo. Okay, this is starting to sound Modern familiar, day. but I did not see yeah. I did not see a trailer for this. I think okay. I've just seen things going around the internet about it. Yeah. Yeah, the only reason I I think we didn't see the Hobbit trailer. I think I've only seen that on the online. Okay. Yeah, we saw a bunch of other things, including the trailer for Night at the Museum 87 or whatever the hell they're up to now, which I was mainly just like, which mainly just got a reaction from me because, um, and this one they're going to Britain and they meet Lancelot, who is played by Dan Stevens, who was Matthew Crawley and Downton Abbey, who was the one who was like, yeah, I know I'm, I'm this major character in Downton Abbey, but I'm not going to do that anymore because I want to go to Hollywood. Okay, then. Which caused much angst amongst the fans because then, of course, they had to do things to his character, which the fans were not happy about, and they're mostly angry at Dan Stevens. It's like, wow, so this is what you gave up your, your plush cake on Downton Abbey for. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Congratulations. As well as a couple of... I can't remember a couple of other movies, mostly because I've tried to block them out because, like, even watching the trailers the second time yesterday, I was just like, oh, God, make this be over. Ah, uh, I think we should move okay. along in geeks. Yes. So moving into other things, well... Should we stay in the Marvelverse? Yes, because there's some big news from Comic-Con for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, some beautiful news. Oh my god! Okay, one, I think they announced this before Comic-Con, but Lucy Lucy freaking Lawless Lawless is going to be on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Thank you, universe. I re- I know I know it's different genres, but I really want to master the Xena screen just for for one time when I see her on screen. <laughs> anyway. But um Oh my god, can you imagine her character and May interacting? Kicking ass. They they're like, either gonna butt heads or they're gonna yeah, kick ass together. They're both like seriously ass kickingly awesome. Yes. Well at least Lucy Lawless's other characters have been ass kickingly awesome. Yes. I would imagine they're going to force some of the same thing. Now what's the name of the character that Lucy is playing? Um you ask me these questions when I don't have the articles. Well up. you could just say I don't know. I don't think anybody's gonna argue with having Lucy Lawless on Agents of Shield. And if they do You're out of the club. There's the door. Oh I know I've seen the name before like the name of her character before, but the article I've found here doesn't have the name. She's coming on as... just says she's coming on as a longtime S.H.I.E.L.D. veteran. Reed Diamond is also joining the cast, who was in a bunch of other Whedon-y things, including Much Ado About Nothing, and he's going to be playing a bad guy. But... So we have Lucy Lawless. We also have Kyle McLaughlin is also joining, who some people may know from the show Twin Peaks. The article... This is on the Mary Sue, right? Yep. Okay, the article on the Mary Sue has been hinting that he may be implied that he is... Sky's father, or yeah. one well, of the caretakers of, or some sort of father figure too. Like, well, yeah, okay. TV line has they're quoting TV line saying that he's been cast in the role of, and this is a quote, a character best described as Sky's father. father. Now, best described as makes me think it's not. Oh my god, he's Sky's actual father. No, and I don't really feel like it's a heart to heart kind of father. Be- I mean. No. Coulson's got that role. Yeah. That's what Col. She is Coulson's baby girl. Yeah. And he will fuck up anyone who tries to hurt her. <laughs> and then at the end of season one, there was that line where Raina was like, I, I found, found your, your daughter. daughter. And we just see this dripping. hand gripping with blood. And yeah, some. Supposedly some, blood. Possibly yeah. blood. Or something very yeah, viscous something and icky. gooey. And a man sitting in a bathtub. Yeah. So and we don't know. What's going on with, on with that? And thank either. you very much, you know, Whedon, for absolutely doing everything you can to build up our feels and not give us anything to release with. Yes. Well, we knew that there was going to be cliffhangers, because really. So yeah, we're going to have to wait and see who all these people are. 
Not too much longer. Like, I know! Like, a month a and month. a half? Yeah. Actually, it's a, bu- it's a month until the DVDs come out for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Captain America 2. Eee! Blu-ray and then just a couple weeks. Yeah. Blue, both of them. Blu-ray. I'm going straight to Blu-ray. Yep. Squee! So I can see Mike Golson in high def. Aww. Okay, just as a side note, just a quick one, because we've covered this before and nothing's really changed. But, you know, again, at Comic-Con, there were more questions about a Marvel Black Widow movie. They're still dodging, still giving bullshit answers, basically. We've got a lot on our plate. A lot to saying about, you know, saying bullshit about, like, timing needing to be right and all this other crap. And it's like, okay, no. Timing is going to eat your ass. Yeah, you you are losing your timing. You are losing your timing because people are getting more and more pissed. It's like Marvel. I am not. You're you're slowly dropping down notches of being awesome when it comes to stuff like this. Yes, Guardians of the Galaxy is great. Please do not fuck it up. Yes, by you know being douchebags and you know dodging yeah. the so Black still... Widow movie for the next twenty years because yeah. that's not cool. They're still waffling. Oh, yeah, and by the way, this is another side note. I don't have an article pulled up about this, but I saw this the other day. Uh, yeah, so apparently Warner Brothers and DC blinked because originally Captain America 3 and Batman vs. Superman were supposed to come out on the same That's weekend. That's right! They bumped it up. Like, they were supposed to, supposed to come out in May, and they bumped Batman vs. Superman back to, like, the end of March, which is weird because it's so, I mean, it's so early. It's so outside the... The summer season, even extended as as it has gotten, that it's kind of like, guys, maybe they're hoping that, like, because they're putting it in March, they'll get way more people, because that's usually the dumping ground. Yeah. But for movies that the studios don't expect anybody to go see. But, so DC blinked in that case. I was wondering, I I knew at some point they were going to, because there was no way they were going to have both of them come out at the same time. Also, as another short little thing that's sort of related to Marvel, a DeviantArt user named Raza, R-A-H-Z-Z-A-H, basically photoshopped Chris Pratt's face onto a picture of Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. And it's visually very nice. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I just keep looking at that and being like, ooh, girl. (laughs) Like, yeah, that, he, he looks, one, he looks mighty attractive. Yes. Two, as I mentioned on Tumblr, like, wow, if, if they decide as, before this, I would have been like up in arms threatening to burn things if they had said something about rebooting the Indiana Jones franchise. Seeing this picture, I now kind of want it. My wonder is if Chris Pratt is going to be the, is the American Tom Hilston, where he's just like, we need you here, now, for everything. <laughs> for everything. Like the Tom Hiddleston, Benedict Cumberbatch thing that's going on in Europe, yes. in England right now. And now Chris Pratt is the next one. We need you in everything, now. Yeah. And he could, and watching Guardians of the Galaxy after seeing that photo and thinking of it that way, he could totally do it too. I think so too. He would be good as Indy. Speaking of Tom Hiddleston, want, people wanting Tom Hiddleston to be in everything. Ah. I think this is mostly just the fans. I know, I know, everything. I know, but somebody said it out loud and my petticoats went aflame. Yeah, apparently there's a rumor that Mark Gatiss is trying to get Tom Hiddleston for Sherlock to be the other Holmes brother. And if you didn't know that there was another Holmes brother, don't worry. He's not. It's not actually in the canon. It's not. It is theorized by somebody 
There's a, a writer na uh, named William Baring Gould who wrote a biography, Sherlock Holmes, a fictionalized biography of Sherlock Holmes that's pretty well known in the Holmesian, fa I'll say fandom, even though not the Tumblr fandom necessarily. But he proposed in that book that in the time and place that the canon is set, the son, at least one of the sons of a country squire, probably the, which was the, you know, sort of rank of the the father of Sherlock and Mycroft, the oldest son would have probably stayed and managed the estate instead of going off and doing other things. So he theorized that there was a third Holmes brother who was staying, managing, who was older than Mycroft and Sherlock, and who was sort of the, who had taken up the mantle of estate management from his father. And his name is Sharonford Holmes? Is that yeah. how I'm saying it right? Yeah. Sharonford Holmes. Sharonford. Which, like, I don't even know where he got that name from. Like, he just sort of made it up. Anyways. And, of course, the rumor is that Tom Hiddleston is being wooed for this role, and internet everywhere exploded and send up fireworks and all kinds of things. Yeah, it's like, this it's is a, a rumor... Yeah, it's a rumor, rumor, and it seemed. It, see, I'm, I'm, I kind of call bullshit on it too, simply because of the fact, like, the rumor is so geared at like everything that like Tumblr Sherlock fandom would yeah, want. Yeah. If you were trying to think of a rumor that would make the Tumblr that would make Tumblr explode, that would be it. This is it. My question is, well, if that's the case, where was Sharon Ford at the, at the Christmas gathering with the at the end of the last? season. Well, because see, that's what, what what people are saying, is that at the end of the last episode of the third season, Mycroft says, you know what happened to something oh. about my brother, you know what happened to the other one. Oh, you're right. Hinting that there is another, or was another Holmes brother. Oh. But, see, the way he says it, if I remember correctly, it is, you know what happened to the other one. To me, that says, like, He's, the other brother might not even be alive. Yeah, he's either shuffled off his mortal coil, yeah. or his mortal coil has been ripped apart, or, or he's, men he's mentally, or something about him is... in jail or something, yeah, I don't know. something about him yeah. is very, very defunct, deficient, or yeah. hampered. The mental image, though, I find really adorable, because out of those three actors, mm -hmm. Tom Hiddleston is the youngest, Yeah, and he is portraying the eldest Well, there's nothing... Well, okay. The, no, one, I, this I character find, I, is totally made up, not I know, even by I know, Arthur Conan I know, Doyle. I know, There I, is absolutely no reason he would have to be the oldest. I find it adorable in my brain. In That's all it is. I yeah. find it adorable in my brain that somebody's going to have to come along and go, okay, Tom, we're going to have to put some gray in those adorable little locks of yours. Maybe even a well, little... Well, one, they'd have to dye his adorable little locks first yeah. because he's He's not, a ginger. Yeah. I thought he was blonde. Nope. He's a ginger. I know. Well, let's just say... Let's, let's, yeah, I know he's ginger. Let's just say that, you know, to get those luscious, Loki dark locks, yeah. that had some dyeing involved. Yeah. Anyways, but... Well, the other two were dyed dark anyway, so... Well, yeah. The other two were ginger, but... So, so, but I can, I can actually imagine him with graying hair and maybe a little gray, you know, goatee mustache thing. <laughs> and, you know, I'm suddenly finding myself, you know... Really, really admiring old, older gentlemen all of a sudden. <laughs> all of a sudden? All of a sudden. <laughs> Welcome to the club, honey. Anyway, so yeah, that's just a rumor. And, you know, if it comes to fruition, it will be an absolutely explosive gift for everybody in the fandom. And yeah. if it doesn't, you know what? You were warned. It is a rumor. But I think it's highly unlikely. And even and if it was, even if they even thought of that, 
they would have to look at it and be like, oh no, we can't do that because the fans will kill us because it won't come up for 20 years because we have to try and juggle everybody's uh, schedules. schedules. Can you imagine them trying to juggle Benedict Cumberbatch, Martin Freeman, and, and Tom, Tom Hiddleston's Hiddleston. schedule? schedules they would never film it not unless they were in scenes that did not overlap yeah or unless they filmed like the different parts of it at completely different times a very very odd camera scene where it goes camera left camera right having a conversation two to one b tom says his lines three months later benedict says his line yeah anyways speaking of benedict there is that gift set that has been going around for forever for forever on tumblr and pinboard and everything and uh, Pinterest. Of the comparing Benedict Cumberbatch faces to otter faces. And he's aware of this, and he takes it yes. all in good character. <laughs> and someone else is aware of it now. The Tennessee Aquarium has an otter that is named Benedict. Benny for short. Yeah. It is adorable. Big surprise, this was because it was based on a vote on their Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, I think there are seven in total. Yeah. Yeah, they had seven otters that people were ask- they, they asked people to suggest names for. There's Delmar, Maya, Louis, Scout, Hunter, Digger, and lovely Benny. And yes, it is specifically <laughs> a nod to Benedict Cumberbatch of Sherlock BBC fame. Yeah, the spokesperson for the aquarium has said that naming it is definitely, you know, named after Benedict Cumberbatch and mentioned the internet, you know, quote, quoted in the Radio Times internet posts comparing his face to otter faces. They even said guests may want to take pictures of Benny to see if his handsome face matches the actor's facial features. <laughs> So yes, they are totally aware of this. I'm calling it now. Benedict is going to go visit that aquarium and get a picture next to the Oh otter. my god. I'm calling like, it now. That, that's like, you know, black holes ensuing matter and antimatter. <laughs> yes, she's described in the little information text. Look at the little face, the picture. Aww. He's described as having the darkest coat of the romp, so of the group. So he just needs a, a blue scarf to go with it. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Though they did say, as the, the article says... He has mentioned that he's the smallest of all the others except for his sister, Otter. And as the Radio Times says, well, we all know a good coat and a short friend is essential. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, cute little Otter. Look at his little face. Healthy teeth. Oh my god. Yep. Look at his little cheeks. Nom, 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 nom. Yeah, so there is now an Otter named after Benedict Cumberbatch. This is a real thing, people. This is your feeler warning here. Yeah. Yeah, and warning if, you know, domestic violence is a or things like that is a bad thing for you. Just giving, because this is, it's ultimately sweet, but it's kind of sad to begin with. And I understand if people are like, eh. So just, you know, skip ahead a little bit. Basically, J.K. Rowling has given us all the feels, as have 15-year-old Cassidy Stay from Texas. She is the surviving member of a, it was a family, correct? Yeah. Uh, that survived violence in the house. It was a shooter, right? Okay, she, she's the, the only survivor of a, a shooting that basically left her entire family dead. She's the only surviving member of her immediately fa- immediate family. It looks like her uncle and aunt right. split up for domestic so. reasons. So her uncle came to her house looking for her aunt. He killed her father, mother, and four siblings after the parents refused to tell him where his ex-wife was. And, oh my god, I missed this. She was shot in the head. God. But she survived the shooting by playing dead. She immediately called the police to tell them. I'm. This is from the. This is from the article that was at uh, kvue.com out of Austin, Texas. She immediately called the police to tell them what her uncle had done and warned them that her uncle was headed for her grandparents' house. And after all of this, she still had the attitude and in her speech to the public and to press well, later. 
Well, this was at, well at her her fa- this was at her family's like funeral service that she made this statement. She she quoted Dumbledore and J.K. Rowling. Dumbledore's quote about you can still find light in the darkest places. Mm-hmm. From that, there was a big movement that was made that this girl needs to meet J.K. Rowling. She needs to have this because she embodies that yeah. positivity so much. They have not met, but apparently from sources close to the family, she received a package from J.K. Rowling with a signed copy of Harry Potter and the Prisoners of Azkaban, which has the quote that she said at her family's service. Like, God, she even like, just the fact that she got up and, and spoke, spoke at her family's yes. funeral service. In addition, Rowling sent her a letter with her condolences, and she wrote several paragraphs, like, from Albus Dumbledore to her. Yeah. Ah! She and- also got an acceptance letter and a wand. Yeah, she got... Um, yeah, and the, she said the letter from Dumbledore was handwritten in purple ink, and apparently told her what the, the headmaster would have told her if he could have. And she got a wand, an acceptance letter to Hogwarts, and with a school supply list. Oh. Which is like, oh god, I read this at work, and I was like, close the page, deep breaths, I can't start crying when I'm on the desk. It's like, oh! So for anybody out there who thinks that the Harry Potter series, because these people still exist, that thinks the Harry Potter series is all about devil worship and evil things, people, no, no, there is so much to be learned out of the series. Or that generally think that fantasy is like children's stuff and that there's nothing important in it. This girl... Go sit in a corner. Yes. This girl has just shown... And feel bad about yourself. This girl has just shown through everything that has just happened to her and what is still going on in her life. She is able to pick up, walk on with positivity because of something she grasped from a fantasy storybook mm-hmm. about witchcraft, no less. Witchcraft and magic and such. And actually, in looking at the the art, the comments in the Mary Sue, there's so many people who are like posting, Axio Kleenex. Don't mind me. It's just raining on my face. Or was it? There's a few others that were casting spells to uh, Dust in my get rid eyes. Of, to get rid of tears, stop us crying, us lacrima evanesca. It's like oh, feelings. Okay, moving on to happier things. Okay, happier things before we start crying. Everybody, deep breath, <laughs> deep breath, deep breath. Okay. Yes, into cravings, covets, and crushes. Yeah. So we've mentioned before about hot toys. Uh, the company that makes really super, super realism, really detailed and realistic. Figures. Like you can count pores yes. across Phil Coulson's face. Mm. Or Karen would like to. Yes, I still want it. Well, of course, with Guardians of the Galaxy coming out, they're making a few more. And they've released photos of the new Groot and Rocket Raccoon figures, which, holy crap. You can buy them separately, or you can buy it together as a combo sort of unit, because, let's face it, the two are practically inseparable. Yeah. As a group. As a Groot group. <laughs> but as a duo, it will cost you three hundred and fifty nine dollars US. Uh, Groot is one ninety nine, and Rocket is one fifty nine. He is considerably smaller, but yeah. Wow. Expected ship date is March twenty fifteen. But yeah, we're looking at photos on the Mary Sue, and wow, you can practically count rings on Groot. If you didn't know that he was a good guy. You'd look at that and get really scared. Yeah. Wow. And look at all the, the detail on the fur on Rocket. You can count Groot's teeth. You can practically count Rocket's. Like, of course, Rocket's got his big 
freaking gun. And like the little, the moss bits. Yep. Yeah, so you get the a neutral Groot face and an angry Groot face, as well as an extra pair of hands. And Rocket comes with extra hands, too. Some of which can hold his gun. And his little costume. As before with Hot Toys, they are incredible reproductions, but they are pricey. They are pricey because they're incredible reproductions. Yes. I also saw on Tumblr, I saw they have Gamora as well. And I literally, I was scrolling down and I thought the picture was a picture of, from like Zoe Saldana from the movie for a second before I was like, something doesn't quite, oh. Yeah. Right there. Oh, and they have Star. Yep. And Star Lord. Wow. Wow. Does that not, that looks like. It could yes. be a promo photo of Gamora. Snap. Her face looks so lifelike. Look at her face. It's so expressive. Holy crap. We're looking at the one at the main page with the the most recent stuff on it. There's a version of the Joker from the Dark Knight. It's like, holy crap. That looks like, that looks like Keith Ledger's yes. face. It looks like a, like it looks like a photo of a person. Maleficent. Wow. Oh, wow. That is, again, that looks like a person. And there's the Captain America Winter Soldier ones. Steve, let me pet your face. <laughs> so also recently we have a, we got a new twist collective. The fall issue, which is one of the best times for knitting yes. and sweaters and all things woolly. Yeah. So we're not going to go through the entire issue. We'll just mention it. Well, not like go through every single pattern and tell you thoughts. We'll just point out a couple things that we thought were awesome. I love the candle smoke mittens. I do too. I really those want to make really those. Nice. And, you know, it's not like I don't have a bunch of, of yarn <laughs> Fingering weight. And, oh yeah, they are fingering weight. Yep. So, yep. I have that too. I could make those for myself. Not my like s- we didn't buy a whole bunch last year. Yeah. I could make those for myself if I ever get around to, you know, finishing a certain Hobbit Along project. And I also really liked the Caledonia sweater. I'm not sure, but ent- I'm not entirely sure how well it would suit me, but it's a really cute sweater. And it has those cables and little eyelets and things like that. Yeah. That always add visual interest. Courant, I like. Yeah. Courant, I think. I think it's French. I think there's a word. That's some crazy tricks of the eyes going on there. Yeah. I think it's from a combination of... I think it's done by... I don't think that's variegated. I think it's done by using two different yarns. Hmm. And then the... And then alternating the yarns that you use. Yeah. And so that on certain rows of the lace pattern, so it shows up in a certain way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, okay. It it's two color slip stitch mosaic patterns and lace patterns combined. Wow. Wow. As if you didn't have enough to think about. But it looks amazing. And that's by Barbara Benz. The candle smoke mittens are by Barbara Gregory. And Caledonia is by Quenna Lee. Oh, the Hausti, H-A-U-S-T-I. That's what I was By Susanna I.C., who we have mentioned quite a few times. We love her stuff. Because we love her stuff. I've noticed quite a few of uh, the patterns in here this time around are mittens and hats. Matching. And it's getting to that time, yeah. Yep. The Petersham mittens are kind of neat with the crisscrossy. They may drive anybody who is OCD just a little bit wackadoodle. Yeah, because they are all over the place. Yeah, the the, pat- the pattern on them is not tiled. It's very, very random. Oh, the Vasilisa mittens, V-A-S-A-L-I-S-A, by Jeanette Cross with the trees. The little trees, yeah, they're cute. And the Tignus shawl looks really pretty. So yeah, there's quite a few things in here that I liked. I think I need to, I need to take another look at the issue. In a little while, after I have started the car- the other the sweater that I'm doing for Ryan Beck, because this issue came out like the day after the interweave right. preview came out, and as soon as I saw that other sweater in interweave, I was like, "That's my Ryan Beck sweater. I love it so much." And so, like, I think some of the this is being overshadowed by your Ryan yeah Beck overshadowed owner. by the yeah 
basically. The hullabaloo socks look cute, too. That would be nice in some of the variegated yarn I have. So, yes. Yay, fall! Are you ready for fall? Are I you... want it to be fall. Yeah. Like, now. Where everything becomes pumpkin fl- pumpkin and cinnamon flavored and... Yeah. I keep pretending, like, I keep walking into the um, Bath and Body Works at the mall <laughs> and sniffing all the fall candles that they have out and pretending in my head that when I walk outside, it's not going to be 30 degrees outside. I knew, I bought the Autumn Mist room spray and I think I nearly drowned the husband in it <laughs> when I went home. Yes. Fall is definitely my favorite time of year. And you have a special trip to look forward to. Yes! Yes, I just need to get the whole train thing settled. Which I'm really looking forward I'm. It's like, it's going to be like seven hours on the train, and I'm looking forward to it. You can knit for those seven hours. Yep. Lots of nice, long knitting time. Just, you know, and going through, you know, upper New York State in the fall. In the countryside. In the countryside. And- eee! I cannot wait. We have to make our announcement. One other thing where I'm so excited about. <laughs> she's li- she is literally ready to pop. Because <laughs> this is kind of exciting. We have gotten permission now to actually talk about this. Karen and I will be on a panel coming uh, September 13th to yes. a knitting convention near you. Yes. We are going to be appearing on a panel about podcasting at the Kitchener-Waterloo Knitters Fair. And I keep wandering around going, ah, da, ba, 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 like, this, this took us both really by surprise. And for the first yes. 24 hours, I think there was just a lot of blink, blink, what? <laughs> Almost like, oh what? my God, huh? who actually wants to talk about Are you kidding me? <laughs> I think this goes back to when we started getting listeners that weren't related to us or weren't yeah, our friends. It's still kind of weird to think that there's actual people. Oh, wait, here we go. Speaker panel. It is up on the website. Oh, my God. Dude. Oh, my God. Yes. So, yes, if you go to kwknittersguild.ca and under the fair button along the side, there should be stuff about information for attendees. If you click on that near the bottom, it says speaker panel. We're excited to bring you a panel of wonderful podcasters to talk about their podcasts, knitting, yarn, sheep, and other fun things. So, yes, it's going to be us. Teresa Gregorio... Um, I think that's her username, her Revlon username, Canary Sanctuary, Canary Sanctuary, who she's a knitwear designer, blogger, and podcaster for the Canary Knits podcast. And Sasha Torres, rav- name possibly the Crafty Rabbit, hosts the Spin Doctor podcast, and you can find that at spindoctorpodcast.com all together. She reviews products, services, events, and information about hand spinning. She has. She's no longer doing the podcast, but it's still available online to listen at. And she's now working on a company called Sheep Spot, which produces local, sustainable, and or organic wool grown by ethically treated sheep, and specializes in breed specific yarns. I think I looked at the web. Yeah, I looked at that website earlier when we first found out who everybody was. And oh my god, I want all the things. We can ask her to bring stuff with her. <laughs> Sasha. Hi. <laughs> I'll bring cookies. Cookies, brownies, pie, cake. <laughs> I've got a child. But yeah, holy crap. <laughs> um, so that's for real. It's actually on the website now. Yeah, it's for real. I'm now. actually seeing our website listed, our podcast listed on the website. Wow. So for anybody who is in the area and driving distance or was going to go anyways, stop by, say yes. hi, and come and hang out at the panel. And Yes. And cheer loudly when we come out so that... <laughs> So it's not just crickets. Yeah. 
<laughs> we'll throw chocolate at you. How yeah, about that? It's, it's Saturday, September 13th, 2014. Admission is $7 per person. And of course, that's admission to the entire thing. So all the vendors as well. And there's going to be lots of really nice vendors there. I just had this image of me taking, you know, an angry girl, angry, angry bird slingshot and just fl- slingshotting Hershey's Kisses into the crowd. <laughs> of course, that could be dangerous, so yes, I won't. You put someone's eye out with one I, of those I won't do that. Yes. But it would be fun. Yeah, it's going to be at the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium, as it was last year. And the whole, the fair itself runs between 9.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Uh, they don't have a time listed for the panel yet but i'm sure there will be more, sure information, more information posted will be about forthcoming, that yeah yeah there'll be more information posted about that and we will keep you updated because holy crap yeah and stuff oh my god we're actually going to be speaking in front of people we have to sound like knowledgeable adults and my stuff. god we have to we have to do this when we do this but now we have to do it with like people looking at us while we do it without editing yeah and no editing no editing oh shit newsflash people i'm an idiot <laughs> just get that out there right now yeah, anybody who comes, get ready to find out what we actually talk like before I have edited the crap out of it. <laughs> yeah. And you will learn while we're never doing a video podcast, which I cannot edit. Okay. We're not allowed in public without supervision, let's face it. <laughs> yeah, and I should mention that uh, the, the panel should be safe for smaller ones. You may not want to have them listen to us, though, when you probably don't want them listening to the actual podcast. <laughs> we obviously will not be using some of the language and stuff that we use in the podcast, but... <laughs> I am debating whether or not to bring Benedict Cumberbatch or Tom Hiddleston heart faces on little paddles and just hold them up occasionally. Oh, I'm bringing a little friend with me. Yeah, I know about your little friend. So yes, anybody who comes gets to see my little friend. Say hello to my little, little friend. friend. But yes, yeah, so I think that's it for this week. All right, everybody. And we will talk to you hopefully sooner now that <laughs> now that now that summer is winding, winding down. Because yeah. holy God, and visitors have left. Including the ones we had last weekend. From Australia. Yes, we had visitors from Australia last weekend, which of course meant I didn't get that much done. Well, they make nice sheep, so you can forgive them. And they were really nice people. They were fun and had adorable accents. I'm sure they think... Hi, Australian listeners. We think your your accents are adorable. I'm sure they think the same about us. (laughs) Yes. Okay, anyway, finishing. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find old episodes or our show notes at our blog knit1geek2.emptypockets.org that's k-n-i-t-1 g-e-e-k-2 dot m-t dash p-o-c-k-e-t-s dot o-r-g you can also find them at our Ravelry group just search knit1geek2 in Ravelry's groups feature if you'd like to get in contact with us you can leave a comment at the blog comment on our Ravelry group or you can send us an email at knit1geek2 at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at knit1geek2 Thanks, and keep geeking on. Um, By the way, have you seen pictures of Jamie as the Outlander? I've seen photos, yeah. Man on a kilt. <laughs> man, man in a kilt on a horse. Not bad! <laughs> Not bad! Ow. I just keep thinking of... Well, yesterday, like, I went to sit down at the Starbucks at the Penn Center. They have metal chairs. I was wearing a skirt. Mm. There was an unladylike yelp. <laughs> Fuckers were cold. <laughs> I can't imagine bouncing around on a horse would be very comfortable. Saddle is necessary.